welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray, and I am joined this week by the one, the only, my brother, Ethan Cordray, of the Technical Difficulties Gaming Podcast, technicaldifficultiespod.com. Isn't cross-promotion just the best? It is, I hope so, anyway. Especially since we don't know when this episode will go live, because it's a backup episode. It's okay, because... <laughs> Theoretically, my podcast should not have met its any kind of demise by then, so we've been going well, strong for a while now. When it does, or if it does, there will be interesting artifacting left, won't there? Yes. So Let us not dwell anymore on the potential tragedies of the future. Let us dwell instead on the tragedies of tonight. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it is a tragedy. So, tragic, tragic story. So Ethan and I... Just got done watching Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Yes, The Room, an, a very intriguing film. Yes, by a, an auteur. <laughs> if you're not familiar with this, you well, probably are familiar with this. If no, you if you're on the internet, you're familiar with this. Although it's interesting, um, it is very much considered an art, an auteur film. Oh, it's very much an auteur. In all of the worst connotations of that word. <laughs> so I found it a very enjoyable experience. So we're going to uh, break it down. Our our fresh reactions, our fresh impressions of, mm-hmm. of the room by Tommy. So yeah. So I have seen many clips of this movie, and in fact, had mm-hmm. seen the first ten to fifteen minutes of this movie before mm-hmm. um, when it first aired long ago on. Uh, Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. Yeah. On an, on April the first because they do epic April the first stuff. They always yeah. have. Um, and by the first fifteen minutes, I mean the first three sex scenes. <laughs> no, that's not entirely fa- fair to the film because it does front load those things. <laughs> this is true. They are three in very very short order. Well, technically, I I would actually say there's two and a half. Well, are you counting the one that's just a, uh, a... Well, just the guy getting filleted. No, that wasn't what I was talking about. I was talking about the part where... No, I guess there are three. Never mind. Well, there's the one that's just uh, uh, just the first one again. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely it's recycled it's scenes. It's, it's like the same footage. <laughs> I think Someone it was alternate doing. takes. Is my, it may is my have theory. been alternate takes. Um... But it was basically the same thing. <laughs> so yes, um, if you're not familiar with the, the the overall plot of the room, it is about a man named Johnny. Tommy. To- no. No, you're right. It's Johnny. The character's name is John. Johnny. He's played by Tommy Wiseau. Uh, you can see where the confusion. And runs. his uh, and his his fiance. His, no, no, oh, his I'm future sorry. wife. His wife to be, because they never use the word fiance for reasons that I. Uh, according according to Greg Sestro's um, book, The Disaster Artist, it's because Tommy Wiseau hates the French language. <laughs> so he made sure not to use the word fiancé because it's a French <laughs> word, and apparently he's got a problem with that. I have no idea whether this is true or not. <laughs> that is... That is simple. And in fact, I have not read the book, The Disaster Artist. I am getting this third hand, but so it's anyway. a very funny story. Right. So anyway, he's uh, Johnny and his, his future wife. 
Lisa are Lisa. getting ready to like prepare for being married in just a few weeks. Lisa decides because she's, I guess, like an inexplicable psychopathic personality type that she has just she's just bored and uh, she wants to just just I don't know destroy her life and everyone else's out of boredom. It's well it, out of out of out of. Motivations do, do not seem to make sense to her any more than they make sense to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, in the that, movie. <laughs> that is very true. Although it, it it should be pointed out that at least the way she's written and the way she's acted, she doesn't understand what the big deal is. She's definitely she is described as such in the movie, and she probably really is a sociopath. Yeah, that does seem to be like if if one were going to try to. Um, Try to uh, impose a a theory of like realistic psychology upon this movie, at all, which is which is probably not the way to begin. <laughs> because there is definitely something, <laughs> maybe possibly several things, seriously wrong with Tommy Wiseau. What a funny story, whole, huh? Just in his whole mannerism, he's a he's a weird, extraordinarily weird person. Tommy Wiseau is the single best um, is the single best piece of evidence I have ever seen for life on other planets. <laughs> he is a he is a he's an odd duck, and he is responsible for all of the writing and the direction. Of, I'm gonna get sued for this episode. Production of this movie. And, uh, so he's, it's all him, and, um, as is immediately and abundantly clear, he has a very, very unusual take on, uh, the world, I guess you'd say. Um, so anyway, he plays Johnny and, um, what's the girl's name again? Lisa. Lisa, Lisa. Um, she decides she's gonna cheat on him with his best friend. Oh, hi, Mark. Mark, uh, who is played by Greg Sestero, who is... He's really, he's far and away the best actor the best. in the movie, I'd say. Well, maybe some of the, like, side characters who only have, like, one line. <laughs> there was that guy who could take fourth place in a, in a, uh, in a Mark Ruffalo yeah, lookalike contest. Yeah, there was contest. the one guy who looked a little bit like Mark Ruffalo. Not a lot, but enough to make you think, oh, that guy looks a little bit like Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, then there was the doctor guy with the glasses. Yeah. And then there was, uh, Lisa's mom. Mom. And Who's then, also a sociopath from Well, she... I don't know about sociopath, she, but she discovers in one scene that she desperately has breast cancer and just does not care. Yes, I definitely have breast cancer. <laughs> the results came back that is the line. Breast cancer. That's the line, I definitely have breast cancer. Never comes up again in the whole movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> she just delivers it like that. It's like, the test results came back, I definitely have breast cancer. And then they move on. <laughs> There's a problem with the writing to this movie. Yeah, it's actually, to me, I mean, it's very interesting to watch Tommy Wiseau in action. Yes. Because he's just so strange. But, to my mind, what sort of struck me more, because I have also seen like clips of this movie, and most of them focus on Tommy Wiseau's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, understandably so. Yeah. But to my mind, what's more interesting is the scenes with the other characters, with people who... 
I assume most of them are at least some level of professional actor. Um, just doing the best that they can yes. with this dialogue that was written by Tommy Wiseau that would actually, like, if you, if you imagine him in his voice, sounds a lot like the way he apparently naturally speaks. Yeah. And, rea- and like, interacts with the world. But sounds just extraordinarily bizarre coming out of the mouth of a person with a normal voice. speech pattern and voice and uh, any kind Is it of, made out of weird muscles? It's, it's really hard to like, it's really hard for the other actors to try to like deliver these lines in something like a natural way. While uh, presumably Mr. Wisso is directing them to deliver the lines in the manner that he imagines them being delivered. <laughs> so it's quite it would have been quite a challenge, as has been abundantly documented in Disaster Artist, which is now a movie in its own self. But like it would it must have been real weird to just <laughs> try to act through this this material. It is it is quite quite a thing. So what are some highlights to you? What what are some of the favorite parts that you have? Well, I feel like I could just mention well the plot the, the, okay so it's like I want to say the run well let's look let's see here. The run time of the movie is 102 minutes. Yeah. Um there's about 6 scenes that just get repeated on a loop. There the plot does not progress in the way that you would expect a plot to progress in a feature film. Uh, there's a lot of just like sort of repetition and the same things happening over and over, sometimes slightly differently, sometimes almost exactly the same. <laughs> so yeah, Lisa keeps cheating on on Johnny, Johnny with Mark several times. Mark, Mark, seems Mark, Mark seems un- upset by this whole thing, but completely unable to resist Lisa. Also, he seems to be <laughs> confused by her continued cheating on Johnny yeah. with him. Which, what are you doing? I mean, it, it is quite confusing because, like, it doesn't make any sense why she's doing any of the things she's doing. It, the other thing is that, that was interesting to me is that at several points, like, some of the side characters... Seem just as baffled by what's going on in the movie as like the audience is. <laughs> they seem so. It doesn't make any more sense to them as it does to you watching it. I, I the standout scene for me is definitely the scene that gets a lot of that gets a lot of play on the internet, but still is just there's a reason for it, and that's the flower shop scene. Yeah, just the way it's the way it's written, the way it's produced, the way it's blocked, is just so... It, it's, it's it's like seven seconds long. It's not very long, but it's just like solid gold. It's like... A, it's like... A, it's like... It's like encapsulates mm-hmm. Tommy Wiseau's entire approach to movie making, maybe? <laughs> Doug Walker made the... made the... the, um, the observation that it's like they only had the set... they... they, they they could only rent out the set, the the shop set, mm-hmm. yeah, because that looked like it was actually shot on location. Yeah. It was like they could only rent out the, the scenery there for like three minutes. <laughs> so they just trying to shoot it all at one time, yeah. like just go 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 as fat as quickly through the scene as possible. <laughs> 
while hitting the beats that they wanted. Like, okay, well we we've got we got we got five minutes until we. Okay, well we close in five minutes. Okay, we can do this, right? Yes. Film it all. It's going really fast. It's going yeah. fast. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on in the movie that are sort of strangely edited together. Mm-hmm. There's this kid named Denny, Denny who, I guess he's like. He's supposed to be 18. Or whatever. He's he's way younger than all the other characters. And apparently he's a massive pervert who just, like, wants to walk in on people having sex if he can manage to. Well, and to be fair, there seems to be a lot of sex happening I mean, in the wife's yeah, so I mean, Johnny's house. If you walk into his house, which people are always just walking into his house, which they even remark upon in the movie. Like, yeah, his mom's like, what Lisa, are you doing Lisa, walking into Lisa's, Lisa's mom is like, how many freaking people walk into this house? Would you lock the door? And the answer is no. So that's an example of, like, the characters think the movie is as weird as, as it is. Yeah. Sometimes. Lisa's mom is like this fount of, like, sensibility, (laughs) which is not necessarily a good thing, because she wants Lisa to marry Johnny just for his money. For his money, yeah. Uh, But also, like, is the only character seems to have sort of, like, a rational drive to her, I feel like. Yeah, she's the only person that... I think exists in the real could potentially exist in the real world. Yeah, with the exception of the breast cancer thing, that's that's way out there. Yeah, but, I definitely have breast cancer. Yeah, but generally speaking, her character is the yeah. one that is the most sort of like uh, realistic seeming. I feel like um, at least of the major characters, she has a boatload of screen time. Yeah, um, she has like three, four huge scenes. Uh, yeah, I think that's I, I that that that's also kind of been something that's been I find just slightly confusing. Um is like the I wanna know what the shooting schedule for this thing was like because yeah, that's a good question. Uh because like it it the scenes are the scenes play out so pretty close to identically. You've got um uh you've got Scene where Tommy, where, where Tommy talks to, where Johnny talks to Lisa, uh-huh. followed by jo- uh, Lisa cheating on Johnny with Greg. Yeah. Uh, with not Greg, but with Mike, Mark. 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 There's yeah. another character named Mike. Yeah, there's is. another character named Mike. <laughs> like. Just to make things more confusing. <laughs> um, and then follow that up with Lisa talking to her mom. Lather, rinse, repeat. That yeah, that cycle happens two or three times, uh, and uh, as though they were like different methods of like doing that same part of the movie, they just put them all in the same yeah. together. And, I almost uh, feel like that 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 could have been the case. There's some weird subplots that don't really go anywhere. Like Denny apparently owns money owes money to a drug dealer and for one scene. Shot for one scene, and that's over. That's gone. Yeah, well, they they took the drug dealer to prison. I guess. <laughs> then they have the long like emotional scene where they're all yelling at each other and trying to figure out what's going on with Denny, and Denny doesn't mm-hmm. want to tell him, and that just doesn't. Resolve. And then the scene ends, and then uh. it's just like nobody <laughs> finds out anything or. It, Makes any decisions. Yeah. Like and the then, scene ends at, at that point. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> there are several several other scenes that there's some going and doing stuff. There's a part where they're throwing a football around at the point. They love to throw around they football. They love foot, throwing the football around. That's, that's a huge Including thing. at one point in tuxedos. That's basically the main leisure time slash bonding activity that uh, Johnny and his group of friends do. Yep. 
is just awkwardly throwing just a football, uh, like awkwardly or casually heaving a football, like like other. five feet next <laughs> to, to each like, other. Yeah, it's not like they're going deep. They're to just throw it. The only time anyone's about to go deep, he's in a tuxedo and he trips. Yeah, that's true. So I guess that's why they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ruin your tuxedo. Oh, you mentioned you, you you pointed something out, and you're right. I I didn't notice it until you said something. But the costumes were all very ill fitting. It is very strange. Like I feel like. Probably Tommy was so's personal sense of style is that he just wears clothes that are way too big for him. Because he seems like every single outfit he is in in the whole thing is like baggy and weird looking. It's like he's wearing a tent. <laughs> real baggy. And he goes through several costumes that are all real baggy and weird looking. But yeah, a lot of the other costumes for other people just don't fit very well either. They tend to be way too big. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's because they like... Would cheat out on their costuming, or whether it's all all clothes that belong to Tommy Wiseau, and he just buys gigantic clothes. <laughs> Who knows? It's very hard to tell. But um, it's uh, it's a little weird that 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 element. It's just there's so many small things that sort of add up. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of major things too. It's basically like every single thing is sort of like a small gem. Everything is at least slightly off. <laughs> there's like there's almost no shot in the entire movie that is, does not have some sort of problem mm-hmm. from a cinematic standpoint. I just realized something. <laughs> yeah. Every, includes the stock footage. <laughs> yeah, well, well, speaking of the stock footage and the second unit footage in 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 uh, in San Francisco. Yeah, I just realized that every single independent scene, uh-huh. like if it, if it was written, um, like as the screenplay was written, yeah, uh, yeah. scenes, each one is intercut uh, with. Exterior stock stock footage. Do they every sing? I I'd be willing to bet you it was every single they scene. All have well, it, yeah. With the exception of the sex scenes, transitioning yeah, from mean, the interior, I think everything, or at least I don't it, know about it became much there more prevalent at the end. At the very least, there were a lot. I mean, there were there were things where there were like time-wasting exterior shots in the middle of scenes later yeah. on. <laughs> I thought, like, they do the the big ending of it is, like, a long series of scenes at a, at Johnny's birthday party. Intercut with exterior but, scenes of San but, Francisco. But yeah, I mean, you would normally do it kind of all in one big long scene or whatever. But yeah. Said it's like you, but, like, they start it, and then there's a long... It, Establishing panning shot of San Francisco at night, which normally is like you know that's normal cinematic um, you know structure. That means you're transitioning to a different location. But then they went. But it's like no, actually, just everything's going to be at the party from now on. (laughs) (laughs) I was confused because I'm like, this party seems important. I thought something important was happening. It's been building. It's only been going for like two minutes, and now we're cutting to something else. No, okay, we're not cutting something else. Because the party scene was the closest thing they really had to an to an overarching plot. That was the only point at which the plot like that was the only like act break. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know how movies have acts, you know, act yeah. structures? It basically has two acts. It has the whole first however long of the movie in which... Getting ready estab- for the party. It establishes the situation and then does and not And then develop. establishes the situation again. does not develop it, just reestablishes the situation again several times. <laughs> Establish- state- so it's, it's state the situation. Yes. Then state it again. Repeat about seven times. I mean, I guess they resolve sort of, situation. They sort of have one point of development in that several of 
like the secondary characters find out about the situation and yeah. advise people to to you know change their ways or whatever. Yeah. But that that same little beat, which is not a whole second act, <laughs> happens like four times, and then they just like go back and repeat. So it's yeah. Not really good. And so they finally get to the party, which is where they finally actually like develop the plot mm-hmm. where Johnny finally figures out something is going on. Well, no, he knew that something was going on. He overheard Lisa saying he, that she that he he, cho- he like suspects her, but he sets up Chekhov's tape recorder. Yeah, that's way that's that's early on enough that it's easy to forget about. Yeah. <laughs> no, she yeah, he at some point he overhears her saying something and suspects her says so like I'm going to get evidence. I'm going to record all the phone calls from now on. And then, like, sets up a tape recorder and then doesn't ha- come up again well, until yeah. the last ten minutes well, of the set, movie. Sets up a tape recorder and then, like, three or four more times the whole, like, cheating thing happens. But apparently, I guess he's... My only underst- my only theory is that I guess he's only recording the phone. Yes. He was recording the phone. What was going on in the room as they were, like, loudly having sex in his two-room apartment? Or yeah. If he just One-and-a-half-room apartment. If he just switched that tape recorder on to record the room, he would have known, like, immediately. Oh, that's why it's called the room! Wait, no. I have no idea. I have no idea why it's called the room. It either. does... He is apparently a very successful banking consultant. That, he, the, the character's day job... Is that he's apparently an investment banker, if I understand I correctly. I think he works for a bank. He definitely works for a bank. helps them come up with new ways of doing their operation or whatever, mm-hmm. for which they deny him a promotion unjustly. That's like, that's what you know about his life. And he's extremely philanthropic and is helping yeah. pay Denny through school and helping people buy houses and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, he's apparently a super nice guy. That's, which, I mean, that's... <laughs> Which you know because they keep saying that he's a super nice guy. Yeah, the characters well, tell each other. Honestly, and for our informed character traits, not just because people say it, he does general genuinely actually present as a pretty nice guy. That's true. His character does actually do things that are nice to other people. Yes. and is treat seems to treat other people uh, kindly. Yes. Uh, in so far as you can tell that Tommy Wiseau has uh, emotions like a person, <laughs> like appears, a human, he appears to like the uh, like all of his friends and treat them well. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> approximate that as best you can. So so Tommy Wiseau looks like a. Looks like like a wax stitch statue of himself that has slightly started to melt. <laughs> it's a weird looking guy. Like every he's lumpy. He is very lumpy. He is a lumpy dude. He's lumpy in like, and and you see you, you get you don't get full frontal on but you get full backside. He's lumpy just across <laughs> the board. Pretty much all of his body, <laughs> except <laughs> for his dick. Not a lot of parts of him look good. Let's just say that. <laughs> He's got a lot of muscles, but they're yeah. kind of weirdly shaped and in strange places. It's like he's melting. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good. Well, no, it's like it's like he started to melt and then stopped melting. Yeah, that's a pretty good description. Uh. He's just a little bit all over the place, yeah. including his face, especially his face. But um, I don't know. But he's yeah, the character he present he, he plays is is is. Apparently nice, simple, yeah. and kind. And comes off pretty nice most of the time, too. Yes, and uh, I 
I don't know whether this is like the story is sort of based on something that may have really happened to Tommy Wiseau, or whether it's like just his sort of like outlook on what relationships are like in a very tragic manner or whatever. But it seems like. I mean, the whole thing is basically Lisa cheats on him for no reason, just because she is bored. Yeah. And they're quite clear that that's, like, the only explanation that there is, that she's just, like, she just, like, doesn't have feelings and just is uh, is driven purely by, like, a sense of boredom. <laughs> Which yeah. is why I say she's basically sociopathic. Like, there are people who are sort of like that in real life. <laughs> so, I mean, not, like, not generally speaking in the sort of, like, explicitly, like, <laughs> explain that that is their motivation. There's a like, stage play of this, apparently. Yeah, I'm sure there is. But, um, it's hard to say, like, whether that's just, like, how Tommy Wiseau perceives women or something. Um... Or maybe that's just like, or he may, I mean, he may well have like met a woman who was sociopathic. I suppose uh, I don't really know what the background is, but it uh, it's apparently um, it is in fact inspired by true events. Yes, I've at least according to Greg Sestro in a book as cited by Wikipedia. Right, I know. So it's. That has something of that, and it's also and it's really intended to be this like this dramatic tragedy, because it's all about how like um, you know um, Johnny was like he never really did anything wrong. He just like tried to treat other people as best as he could, and he was just like betrayed by his best friend and his uh, girlfriend uh, for like irrational reasons. So like if there is a sort of like theme or message of the movie, I guess, it's that... Don't be a dick. Well, no, it's like people will betray you for reasons that don't make any sense. <laughs> That's basically the takeaway of the movie. Is <laughs> that people will just ruin your life no matter yeah. how good you are and it won't... There will be no reason for it. <laughs> yep. Life sucks. Get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> And so, it's very sad, actually, if you look at it now, at what the movie is trying to say. It's just yeah. so amazing the manner in which it sort of says that, and how absurd it is, and how it sort of gets there. Uh, it's very entertaining. I, I like yeah, it, it was... It, as much as, much as uh, taking a time to rip on it, it was a great watch, and I very much enjoyed it. It was just so... Bizarre it is and pretty wild. amazing and like mm-hmm. I I highly oh um I don't I I think it was probably the mastering on it but my Blu-ray of it uh huh um had random video artifacting where the light or the screen just like <laughs> yeah, flashed multicolor like, for a second that was just I mean that's just a part of it I think <laughs> if that's not a feature then it really should be. That seems to be an issue. Um, yeah. And, I don't uh, think it's a bug. I think it's a feature. Yeah. I uh, mean, it's not... It's by far the, like, not in the top ten list of weird things going on in the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. The, uh, I still don't know why it's called The Room. I guess because all of his... all Pretty much all the scenes take place... Mo- the majority of scenes take place in two rooms in 
Johnny's apartment, mm-hmm. which apparently he's very uh, well off, but he lives in a, an apartment two rooms. And drives kind of a beady old car. It's a, there's a living room, a very small living room that it's hard to cram three characters in. <laughs> and there's a spiral staircase that goes up to the bedroom. Which has a big four-poster bed. a big, like, canopy bed with, like, gauzy drapes and stuff. It's quite, quite... I guess that's what the money went to. <laughs> but, uh... That's oh, that's it, and then they go out on the roof for some shots. The roof, by the way, is absolutely a soundstage <laughs> yes. with some of the worst chroma keying. Yeah, like it's 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 bad YouTube green screening. <laughs> it's like I didn't know that that green screen technology this bad still existed. Like, <laughs> like, like I thought I thought you couldn't make green screen look at this bad anymore. You could still see the light green outline on everyone. Like I didn't think you could do this since like the nineties. <laughs> so but it pulls it it pulls it off somehow. I don't know how. Oh it well that's the thing. It, it it's the reason that Greg Sestra called his book The Disaster Artist is because it is it is beautiful art in uh-huh. just how completely, completely bonkers, crazy pants on head it is. Yeah, it's way it's way out there. It's basically every everything you could do wrong in making a movie has been done wrong in this movie. It's, it's it, quite it's quite impressive. It the What's so if he keeps making things is the new Ed Wood for our generation. <laughs> yeah. Um a lot of people compare it to Plan 9 from Outer Space, which I have seen. Here's the problem. Plan 9 from Outer Space has a fu- has a standard three-act structure and makes sense. Yeah, it's got some tr- it's got its own troubles obviously, but it, Yeah. It it's it's written very poorly. Room, the room is weird is weirder in way different ways. Yeah. Um So yeah, it's um, it's quite an experience. I do highly recommend it. Um, yeah, caveat: th- there are some weird sex scenes, some nudity, <laughs> uh, including Tommy Wiseau's ass. Right in the, so. right the beginning. That's yes. the main part. You just kind of get through that, and then there's just one that's a repeat of the first one later on. Yeah, it's so that sort of thing. But the the sex scenes are not sexy, no. except they are like. They're set up like softcore porn sex scenes. Well, with like it's, it's with like 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 sexy music kicks in. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> stuff like that. It's like I said, but they're not shot in a way that is sexy yeah. at all. When I first saw it, I got through the first fifteen minutes, the first three sex scenes, and I was like, "Okay, Cartoon Network is just showing porn for April 1st. No, bold, I guess. I didn't even get to the plot, quote unquote, of the movie. Uh, yeah, no, it's just, uh, yeah, no, they're sort of If I had powered through. They're just, uh, and it's just like, there's three of them right at the beginning, and yeah. then there's another one later, and I want to say a, there's another, there's two later on. There's, in, there, and, and there's a couple implied sex scenes, but without the, but without the, 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 uh, the sudden dr- uh, drop into, into, uh, Bro, you can public tell domain gonna Barry Manilow. Yeah, you're gonna, you can tell whether you have a real sex scene if the, the sexy music clip yeah. kicks in. Because they last just basically yeah. as long as the Sorry, not, not, not public domain. Uh, Creative Commons Barry Manilow ripoff. Uh. <laughs> it's, uh, quite a thing. But, um... Yeah, the, R- the sexy R and B scene. You know, you're you're yeah. in for the you're in for the treat. And the sex scenes are like three minutes long. Um, 
with, with the concept of perhaps the reason being they couldn't work out how to cut off the song. It's, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, all the songs just fade out like that was what they were supposed to do. It's pretty wild, yeah. They're pretty much all as long as the songs that they're set to. So that's that's a bit of a thing if you're not into that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it. Um, or if you are into that sort of thing, you'll find it very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I just I've kind of feel like is, is there anything we're missing? I mean, it's quotable to the nth degree. It is. There are definitely all the memes are. Are strong. Yeah, there. It, there's a reason it he has really, become as memetic as it is. Tabuso really does say, "Oh hi, whoever it is." Every time he is, oh hi, he, Mark. Every time he meets a character. Oh he hi, says, Denny. Oh hi, whoever. <laughs> Except for one where he says, "Hi, doggy." <laughs> That's because he's like walking out. Yeah. So, like when they walk into his house, which is what they yeah. usually do. Well, everyone walks into his house. Yeah. <laughs> Denny literally tries to pillow fight with them while they. To a sexy pillow fight. While they were about to have sex, yes. after they told him to leave because they were about to have sex, like they and he, essentially he, said, "We're gonna have sex now. Leave, Denny." Yeah. And instead, he like jumps into their bed and starts hitting them with pillows. And, and says, "I like, just like to watch you guys." <laughs> it's uh, it's it's and strange. What's really interesting is that is that like Denny's pervishness. Is another subplot that just gets completely dropped. Right, that's right. So at some point, Denny decides he's like he's in love with Lisa, and he tells who does he tell? He tells Johnny. He tells Johnny. That's right. Yeah, because Johnny tells him Denny's the only other really truly sympathetic character in the entire name. Well, he's supposed to be. He's too weird to really be sympathetic. (laughs) But yeah, he's the other. He's the kid, um, and um, he tells Johnny he's in love with Lisa. His future wife. <laughs> That's right. And they have a sort of a long conversation that doesn't really do anything, but then mm-hmm. I guess he eventually tells him that there's this another girl he's interested in, so that's yep. cool. And, and then can, it's okay for him to love Lisa as like a mother and a friend. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of that subplot. <laughs> that's that, yeah. That I guess resolves Denny's character arc. So just it is. Because well, <laughs> apparently they already got him out of the drug. Out of the problem. drug deal, yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's not doing that anymore. And it's not clear whether he was doing drugs or whether whether he was selling. They try drugs. to find. They try to get him to tell him and he what won't. the situation is, and he refuses adamantly I have, there, to explain what the nature of his. I have a theory as to why. <laughs> I don't think anybody knew. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my theory as to why. Tommy was so who wrote the dang things. I don't know why you. I don't know why I wrote this. <laughs> just, just. Just say you don't want to talk about like, it. The characters do feel... The characters at many points seem like they are trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing in the movie as much as, like... That's a, as they are saying their dialogue. That's a really interesting reading of it. I hadn't ever thought of it. Reading it as a theater of the absurd yeah. um, production... Kind of like, you know, yeah. uh, Waiting for Godot or The Ball uh-huh. Soprano or something along those lines. Uh-huh. Where the... Or or uh, or Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah. Where okay. they're saying things yeah. because that's what I'm supposed to do now. Yeah. But like, they ca- don't know why. Characters that are conscious of them, themselves being in a work of fiction, yeah. they often almost give off that vibe. 
Um, I had never thought about that reading until because there is like it, but, I mean because there are several scenes in which like characters will point out the the absurdity of the situation that they're in and they're like I don't understand why any of this is happening <laughs> basically it would be interesting <laughs> and like they don't explain it and they don't conclude those things so but but often sorry not absurdism um, surrealism yeah <laughs> um, yeah there's also there's often some sort of sort of a surreal. Um, it would be interesting to try and stopper it up the room. Yeah, you could do it, probably. You could definitely do it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would be as interesting as the thing itself. No, it wouldn't. But, uh, yeah, because there's, like, there's this whole, there's a scene where they're in this, are they in an alleyway that looks like an interior? So, I think, there's a... I think, given the establishing thought, I think, shot, I believe the plan, the the implication... Was that they were not standing in an alleyway uh, that they were obviously standing in, but they were actually near a church where they were taking Johnny's wedding photos. Uh, no, 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 I'm not talking about that in part. In advance. I'm not talking about that part. Okay. Where they're all in the tuxedos. Okay. Now, I'm talking about the earlier scene where the uh, where where Mike, the other friend guy with the other girlfriend... Uh-huh. Uh, goes and talks goes to and tells Johnny about how he about the, left his boxers about and... the scene that we just watched <laughs> like five minutes ago and yeah, explains yeah, right. it to the other characters and yeah I think that's just an they're alley. like that was, that was crazy why did any of that happen he's like I don't know crazy shit happens <laughs> and yeah that was just an alley that was just complete okay well actually no I, we, I need to be fair yeah, um, I watched a couple of the deleted scenes. Yeah, that alley set. Yeah, is in those deleted scenes. Yeah, including the uh, deleted scene where um, the drug dealer uh, talks to Denny in the alley instead of on the roof. Yeah, it's just the same scene, just shot. In it's the exact same place. scene, except shot in a different place with a basketball hoop. Yeah. Okay. And it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to be in that scene for that one either, because they pretty much only use that for one or two scenes. Whereas it serves the exact same purpose as the roof serves in a bunch yeah. of other kinds of My theory is that the roof was a late addition. You think so? Yeah. And they reshot scenes on the roof instead of... That's a possibility. Because it's know. actually the same set, just with a green screen on the wall. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... They finally got the green screen technology working. <laughs> Such as this. Sort of. <laughs> no, I, I'm pretty sure they were using a, a purple screen and they were using and they were chroma keying it to green, and that was what was causing the problem. <laughs> oh, who knows? But um, yeah, there's the parts where they just like describe a scene that you just saw, and everybody's like, "That? Why did any of that happen? That doesn't make sense." <laughs> and people are like, "Yeah, I know. It didn't make sense to me either when it was happening." <laughs> Why did you go back for your un- for your underwear? Why not just leave? <laughs> I don't know. It didn't. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, yeah. And then Tommy, your Johnny. Um, oh yeah, it culminates with his tragic suicide. Yeah. He well he he confronts uh, Mike and Lisa Mark, at the party. Mark and Lisa. Mark. <laughs> God damn. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you think there's an unforced error that this movie does not make? There are none. There's re- naming two characters almost the exact there's same. There's Mark and there's name. Mike, and they're both at the damn party yes, too. Yes, it does that? Yes, yes, there are two characters named Mark and Mike. But okay, so um, Mark and Lisa at the party. Uh, um, 
And then he tries to talk to Lisa about it and, and gets into a fight with Mark. Yeah. Um, and then he he finally pulls out Chekhov's tape recorder. Right. Um, proves that they proves are... Proves that they are sleeping together. Uh, kicks her out. Which, she, like... She he, proves that after it is that they basically said yes, and she's already said that he she was leaving him, and it doesn't make he didn't have, really have anything to prove at that point. No, no, he didn't. Um, <laughs> well, and, the, and for that matter, like, yeah, but so okay, so yeah, it's all been proven again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Lisa and Mark are like, I hate that asshole. Johnny is like, he caught me, he caught us cheating and got mad about it. Right. Um, so Johnny, um, on the last day of shooting, knocks over every piece of set dressing in the set, on the right. set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> shoots himself. Mm. And for some reason, Lisa and Mark come back. They come back because they finally feel bad about what happened. And Johnny's <laughs> lying the... there in a pool of his own blood and Lisa says um, says one of the best lines ever. Is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. He just, he tripped. <laughs> and gonna pull through? He, he was making himself, uh, he was making himself a sandwich with raspberry jam. He tripped and fell. <laughs> right. And he bumped his head right. on the pillow that he's lying on. Yeah, so he dies tragically after having his whole life ruined by his best friend at Lisa. Mm-hmm. And everybody no feels reason. sorry. And then everybody feels bad at that point. And Siren's approach. And that's, that's and the conclusion. That's the end of the The tragic movie. end of the room. And um, it's very good. <laughs> you should watch it. <laughs> it's very bad. You should watch it. <laughs> yes. It is, it is everything I thought it would be and what people told me it was. It was more fun to watch the entire thing than I expected it to be. Oh, yes, it was. It was fantastic. I'm... Does not disappoint. I would recommend, if you're going to watch it, um, watch it with someone else as well. Yeah, you really want to share the experience uh, with somebody else it, so that you can, like, discuss yeah. what's going on or... Riff it. Try to figure out why things happened, or yeah. <laughs> make sure that there's someone else to verify that you aren't like <laughs> losing your memory and that you have actually seen this before. <laughs> like, didn't we see this scene? Yes, we saw this scene. Isn't this piece of black footage the same one with the same uh, music that yeah, played over well, the opening? Yeah, track? it's like it seemed like the movie is starting over. Yeah, you, it, yes. it really very much. There was there's that one point uh, as they're getting close to the climax that it really seems like the disc skipped and went back to the beginning for a second. <laughs> exactly the first thing that was in the... In the <laughs> Shot of the Golden Gate Bridge with the title track playing on right. it. It's like... Really? <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it would still be good to watch. It'd still be fun to watch by yourself. Yeah. But it's definitely... This is something to watch with friends Um because ha yeah it is all over the place it is um it is a work it is a masterpiece yes it is a masterpiece all right well i think we have concluded uh yeah that's probably enough um shorter episode everybody but that's okay it's only two of us and 
There's only so much to say, and you I can't sh- you can't really adequately describe the thing. No, you have yeah. to experience it. I, and I mean, yeah, there were spoilers throughout. I'll have to probably put a spoiler tag on this, but yeah, well, <laughs> oh well. If you're interested in the movie, you've probably had half of you've probably had most of the scenes spoiled to you already. It's still worth seeing. Yeah, I mean, I should have watched it a long time ago. I just never had an opportunity to. Mm-hmm. And then you got it for me for Christmas. Yep. And it's there is irony because I had been planning for a long time to get you to come down and watch come down for a movie to watch. Mm-hmm. But I was going to be all secret, ha ha hush hush about the movie, and then yeah. put in the room. Right. But then you got it for me for Christmas. So. Yeah, I knew you wanted a copy of it. So <laughs> it's good. It's paid off dividends. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's quite a thing. Well, everybody. Um, since we are recording this far in advance to have as backup episode, I have no idea what will be what will be next week, or in fact, what was last week, or even what week it is. Um, but we will talk to you next week on Geek Fanthology. This has been Neil and uh, Ethan Cordray from Technical Difficulties Gaming Podcast. www.technicaldifficultiespod.com. Check yes. out his stuff. They do actual play. Yep. Is that all you do, just actual play at this point? Uh, yeah, we're pretty much all actual play. We've got a bunch of different systems and games that we run now. It's cool, cool. Um, so if actual play is your thing, um, check it out. All right, next week. Bye! Bye. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by a space and the number 41. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, or if you're listening on iTunes, reading us. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by donating it on our website or at Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. Delays to this episode were caused by Yakuza. I offer no further explanation.